Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A young nurse develops a fatal illness, and her doctors wonder if she was infected by one of her patients. Forensic scientists, genetic researchers, and even the police joined together to solve the mystery. And they discovered this was no accident. Janice Trohan was a single mother of two young children working as a nurse in the small town of Lafayette, Louisiana. A few years back, she started to develop some unusual symptoms, and she did what most health professionals do, sought the advice of her doctor. Started with a pain in my eyes, ocular pain, movement of my eyes, did seek some medical attention for that and was told it was probably my sinuses, um, not to worry too much about it. Janice visited several doctors before she finally saw her gynecologist for a checkup. And then lymph nodes started to appear, swollen lymph nodes. Suspecting she had a virus, her gynecologist ordered a full battery of tests. When she got the results, Janice was both thrilled and devastated. At this checkup, not only did she find out she was pregnant, but she found out that she was HIV positive. There were several possible explanations for how Janice had been infected with HIV. Janice worked as a hospital nurse. She may have been infected from one of the AIDS patients there. Another possibility was that Janice became infected from a previous lover. Janice's primary care physician at the time, Dr. Richard Schmidt, told colleagues his theory as to how Janice became infected. He said, Janice is a slut. She sleeps around, she's in the bars at night, uh, she goes to bars during the day, she goes home with strange men, and she's most likely contracted the disease from sleeping around. Knowing her unborn child could be infected with HIV as well, Janice decided to end her pregnancy. And she faced the realization of her own personal agony. My prognosis is, I know it's uncertain, I know that HIV is a terminal disease, and there is no cure. All of Janice's lovers of the last 10 years were asked to undergo HIV testing. Surprisingly, None tested positive for HIV. 
But Janice had her own theory as to how she became infected. It was a theory so unbelievable and so fantastic, few believed her, including the Lafayette Police Department. Janice Trahan learned she had been diagnosed HIV positive in January 1995. Five months later, she walked into District Attorney Mike Harson's office and told an improbable story about her own doctor, Richard Schmidt. She began relating a story to me how she had had this relationship with uh, Dr. Schmidt for a number of years and that she had recently found out that she had uh, AIDS uh, or HIV, and she felt that he was responsible for it. While Harson was skeptical, he told Lafayette police detective Jim Kraft to check out her story. Well, she said that SOB injected me. The story was hard to believe. He wasn't running some kind of fat farm or something. He was a, a real live doctor with, with uh, credentials and a, and a background. Richard Schmidt was a uh, probably one of the best physicians and most respected physicians in this community as far as his medical capabilities. Uh, his patients adored him. Janice said she first met Dr. Schmidt years earlier when they both worked at the same hospital. Uh, I was a new graduate from a licensed practical school and I was going through the um, orientation phase of um, uh, new employment at, at that hospital. And that was the first time that I met him. Janice was married at the time and had a young son. Dr. Schmidt was also married with three children. The two struck up a friendship. What attracted me to Richard was his intelligence, a very brilliant doctor. Um, I viewed him as very, very knowledgeable, um, excellent with his patients. Eventually, they became romantically involved and started making plans to be together. Basically, his promise to her at that time was that as soon as I'm able, I'm going to leave my wife and children and you and I will be married and we can be together. With that promise, Janice got a divorce. Janice did leave her husband for the doctor, assuming that the doctor was going to leave his wife and family for her. She left hers. He never left his. But Janice and Schmidt continued to see one another. In 1991, Janice became pregnant and gave birth to their son, Jeffrey. Schmidt paid child support and continued to promise he'd leave his wife, but he never did. Janice told police she tried to end the relationship many times, but said Schmidt made threats against her. Several times, he threatened to put sexually revealing pictures he had taken of her on the hospital bulletin board where she worked. Another time, he threatened to tell the dean of the nursing school that Janice had plagiarized some of her assignments. She tried to start seeing other men, start dating other guys. The problem was that each time she attempted to establish a relationship outside of their relationship, uh, 
Richard would intervene in that. Uh, he followed her on dates that she had with other men. He even threatened a couple of the guys that she had dated. One, he threatened to kill. Went to his home and threatened to kill him. And Janice feared for her life. Words to the effect, if you leave me, I'll fix you, I'll fix it, so that no man will want you. Or she gave him an ultimatum. She told Richard, either leave your wife and marry me or we're through. When Richard failed to respond, Janice ended their personal relationship and she stopped using him as her doctor. Schmidt had been treating her with vitamin B12 shots for her lethargy. According to Janice, something strange happened on the evening of August 4th. Janice was fast asleep when the phone rang between 10 and 11 o'clock. It was Dr. Schmidt saying he was coming over right away. A few minutes later, he was standing over her with a syringe. The injection was very painful. I never had an injection cause that much pain in my life. Unlike other visits, Janice said Dr. Schmidt didn't stay to talk. He left quickly after the injection. He was nervous, rushed, um, just out of the ordinary. Janice was convinced that that shot that Schmidt gave her was contaminated with HIV. But police weren't so sure. My mindset was, I don't believe this girl. This is just her attempt to discredit this guy, to embarrass him, to get some bucks, to get some money out of him. And even if Janice was right, how could anyone prove it? Detective Jim Kraft wanted to find some way to tell whether Janice Strawhorn's incredible story was true, that her former lover, Dr. Richard Schmidt, had injected her with deadly HIV. Janice had donated blood just a few months earlier. Records showed that blood donation was not infected with HIV, which meant the infection was recent. The investigation began by checking Dr. Schmidt's telephone records. And just as Janice had told them, Dr. Schmidt had called her at 10.26 p.m. on August the 4th. But investigators needed proof that the injection Dr. Schmidt gave Janice contained HIV. Investigators would discover early on in this case that HIV-tainted blood is not the easiest thing on earth to obtain. Uh, you do not just walk into a blood plasma unit or a clinic and say, oh, you know, give me those three vials of labeled HIV and take them out. Nurses in Dr. Schmidt's medical practice kept meticulous records of every patient that had blood drawn for testing. But if Dr. Schmidt took blood from one of his HIV patients, the virus wouldn't stay potent for very long. You have about a 12-hour window before you have to inject it, or the virus won't survive outside the body. 
Investigators wanted to see Dr. Schmidt's office records for August 4th, 1994, the day Janice said Schmidt gave her the injection. Immediately, we look for the 1994 book, but we can't find it. It's missing. In Schmidt's desk, police found the sexually revealing photos he had taken of Janice that he had threatened to distribute. But they still couldn't find his 1994 office records. They were about to leave when they discovered a locked storage room full of boxes. At the very bottom of a pile was a box marked 1982 records. In the very bottom of that box was a notebook. And I thumbed through it real quickly and it's only halfway full. Got, I don't know, 50, 60 pages in it, but only about 20 or 30 of them are full. And I look at the last date in the book, and wouldn't you know it, it's August 4th, 1994. Next to nearly every patient's name who had given blood that day was a sticker with a tracking number on it for the lab. All except one, a patient named Don McClellan. Beside his name was a notation that said, Lavender Stopper for Dr. S. Police went to see Don McClellan, and they asked him a very important question. Are you HIV positive? The guy stares at him and says, HIV positive? Hell, I've got full-blown AIDS. And McClellan said he never called Dr. Schmidt to make an appointment on August 4th. He said Dr. Schmidt called him to come in for a blood test. It was insidious. It was beyond diabolical. It's one of the strangest and cruelest crimes I've ever heard of. But could forensic scientists match the strain of HIV in Janice Trahan to Dr. Schmidt's patient? Prosecutors wanted to know whether Dr. Richard Schmidt took HIV-infected blood from one of his patients and injected it into his former lover, Janice Trohan. Would there be a way through traditional science or traditional DNA testing to compare those two persons and those two samples, uh, or samples from those two people, to determine whether they are in fact the, the same virus? They turned to genetic researcher Dr. Michael Metzger at Baylor College of Medicine in Texas, one of the world's most renowned centers of human genome studies. Dr. Metzger told them that DNA tests of a virus are not the same as comparing DNA from individuals. That's because viruses change or mutate once they enter the body. But Dr. Metzger was willing to conduct an experiment to see if the HIV in Janice's body was similar to Dr. Schmidt's HIV patient, Don McClellan. The methods that we use are called phylogenetic methods. That invokes, um, it takes advantage of the virus mutability. As the virus mutates, it evolves in different individuals. We can use that evolution um, using mathematical mo models to actually trace back uh, relationships between uh, viruses if they exist. 
Dr. Metzger looked at blood samples from 30 individuals infected with HIV in Lafayette, Louisiana, including the samples from Janice Trahan and Don McClellan. He discovered that 28 of those samples had mutated in ways vastly different from one another. But in two of the samples, the viruses were nearly identical and were therefore closely related. The samples were from Janice Trahan and Don McClellan. When we looked at the viruses, the odds that we found were one in a million of excluding the patient being the source of Janice Trahan's virus. That for us was corroboration of our theory that Schmidt had used the virus of one of his patients to infect Janice Trahan. In July of 1996, Dr. Schmidt was charged with attempted second-degree murder. But prosecutors were faced with another scientific riddle. When ultimately Janice was diagnosed, she was also diagnosed not only HIV positive, but with hepatitis C. The patient whose blood had been drawn on August 4th was HIV positive, but not did not have hepatitis C. When investigators looked again at Dr. Schmidt's medical records, they noticed one more patient listed with no lab sticker next to her name. That patient had blood drawn two days before Janice's nighttime injection, but her blood was never sent to the lab. That patient's medical record showed she had hepatitis C. The doctor not only appears to have infected his lover with HIV, but combined it with hepatitis C from a, yet another patient to create this, this even more lethal cocktail that he injected her with that night. Dr. Schmidt maintained his innocence. He said he had an alibi for the night of August 4th. He said he was home with his wife, except for 20 minutes when she was taking a bath. But a police officer drove from Dr. Schmidt's home to Janice's and back in about 17 minutes, even allowing time for the injection. And there's another question. Why did Dr. Schmidt keep his medical records from 1994 rather than throw them away? Detective Kraft thinks he knows the answer. He kept something as a trophy. He has something from that crime that he can look at, that he can touch, that he can see, that reminds him that he got away with this. Along with the scientific and circumstantial evidence, it was the words of Janice Trahan that echoed in the jury's mind during Dr. Schmidt's trial. Richard made a lot of promises to me that he did not keep, but he did keep one, and that would be that he would kill me. And I feel like that's um, a death sentence that I have. Prosecutors believe that Dr. Schmidt fulfilled that promise when Janice ended their relationship. He did it by injecting the HIV and hepatitis C-tainted blood into Janice's arm and did it on the same day he took the HIV sample, making sure it maintained its potency. Despite his medical degree, Dr. Schmidt never realized that forensic DNA testing could compare the mutations of the HIV in his patient Don McClellan and match them 
to the HIV in Janice. On October 23, 1998, he was convicted of attempted second-degree murder and sentenced to 50 years hard labor. Janice Trohan is remarried and lives with her two sons in the same house where she was infected that August night. I just try to put things in the past and treasure each day that I do have with my family and my husband. This case made forensic history. It was the first time in the United States that two HIV cases had been linked using DNA testing in a criminal case. The significance of the DNA testing is that we we attempted to use something that had not been done before and attempted to uh, strike out in, in our jobs as prosecutors to find a way to prove the elements of a crime. We used the most advanced tools for understanding the relationship between the DNA sequences from HIV, but they're pretty standard. The impact and the contribution was to bring this new methodology into the judicial system and to use it as a tool for investigation of alleged crimes.